Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, I wanted to give you a quick um just me here, message of gratitude myself, and a reminder about my book. So a couple of things. I went to um, grab a tea with a couple um, writing friends, and we had a beautiful visit outside. So lovely. Springtime here in New England. And um, we were talking about book promotion and such and she said will you do you talk about it on your podcast I was like oh yeah I should do that Uh, I don't talk about my book much on my podcast um but don't forget if you're new here well if you're a listener who has not yet purchased the book don't forget it's out there and you want it in your hands I highly recommend the hard copy version although I know people enjoy ebooks, I just love the layout of the hard copy and the way it feels and the ability to open it up and gain wisdom from any page for any reason. Um, so I highly recommend hard copy, but if you really are opposed to hard copy books, there is an ebook. So fantastic. Please don't forget that's out there. It's available on Amazon or you can ask your local bookstore or library to grab it. Um, they'll know how to do that. Uh, if you need to find the ISBN number to give them, just let me know. Um, and the other piece of, so gratitude for my friends and for my book and for this podcast. And then also for um, a text I got this morning. Uh, yesterday was my birthday. And this morning I got a text from a friend who is in his 40s. He is, I think he, I think he's in a relationship right now. Um, He's long distance, so it's not always easy to tell. A dear friend from many, 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 many years ago. We don't talk a lot, but when we do or when we visit, it's just like, it's like we've been together all along. So basically what I'm saying is in his 40s, single dude, you know, on and off girlfriends, but not like a settled down family man. And he, um one of my favorite people in the world. And he sent me a belated birthday message that said, oh, I've also been meaning to tell you, I got a copy of your book and it's so good and I keep earmarking pages. Um, And I was just like, oh, there's like nothing better to me than when, now I don't know his abortion history. I've no idea. Um but I do know that the wisdom he is gathering from this book is transformative for all life, not just um any abortion history he may or may not have. I literally don't know. Even if he told me, I have a terrible memory, so I would probably forget. <laughs> um so yeah, go get the book if you don't have it. That's my long way of saying that. So gratitude for him, gratitude for all the things. And um, yesterday on my birthday, we had just such a beautiful blue sky and 
awesome spring snow in New England and today's another beautiful blue sky day and that's the kind of gratitude we talk about in this coming episode. Um, The gratitude we can tap into any day, any moment of our life that just keeps us grounded and remembers, reminds us why we're alive, even though it doesn't always make sense, um, the power of this human journey in which we can look up at these beautiful spring skies or feel the rain on our face or listen to the ocean. So enjoy this episode. It's amazing. Um, and it's part of a double feature. So make sure you save lots of time this week or in the future to listen to both incredible episodes. All right, welcome to another podcasting week. Super special guest here today, Sarah. And I say super special in that way because I just was like, we are now, had never met or been introduced, I don't think. We are now in the same um, mastermind group together with Melanie Childers, who's been on the podcast. Um, but I feel like even more special because, um, Missy Bird, who was also on the podcast and actually just this morning, I was like, Hey, do you want to come back on my podcast and talk about your new program? (laughs) Because the work you're doing is amazing. Um, it just felt like one of those full circle fun moments when she mentioned your name and I was like, Oh, okay. I really like, am excited to get to know Sarah in a new way. Um, cause when there's multiple connections, it just makes it feel even more aligned. So welcome to the podcast today. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but I'll just say that today's topic, we're going to, we're going to just dive into when something deeply transformational happens in your life. And for most of my listeners, that's abortion. They're here to reflect upon. And for you, it was, um, some parenting around, I'm going to use the words mental health, but you decide if those are the right words and how we can use gratitude, not as like a pretty picture we put on the wall about like, Oh, I have so much to be grateful for or treasure God's blessings or whatever it is, but like really truly use it for healing. So I feel like today's, today's topic is, um, around gratitude for healing, but why don't you introduce yourself? Um, in whatever way feels good for today's podcast. And then we'll, we'll dive in. Yeah, that sounds good. And yeah, Missy is amazing. So I'm glad you reached out (laughs) to her to be on your podcast again. Um, I'm Sarah Magnoni. I'm a life coach, um, an intuitive and a Reiki master. I am a former burned out digital media executive. Mm. So it's kind of funny to go from that background to um, all the work that I do now, but really what transpired and what led me to become a coach is what we're going to talk about today, which was Mm. just the realization that on the outside, I had everything and everything looked great, but inside I was completely broken. And it wasn't until my daughter was diagnosed with schizophrenia that really everything in my life was broken down Mm -hmm. and needed to be lifted back up. Yeah. Um, I'd love to share just my moment of gratitude that I had and just how that transpired 
Yeah, please, please. Yeah. So, um, she had been ill for probably about six or seven months at this time. And, and if you're not familiar with schizophrenia and everything that can happen, there's a lot of other, um, diagnosis that can come with it. So she had also been diagnosed with an eating disorder, um, food avoidance. So she was not eating. And, um, my husband is an airline pilot, so he's gone a lot. I had another child home at the time and I was working remotely in this really stressful position as a leader over 150 remote team members. I was exhausted and hated my life and Mm. was hopeless. I contemplated, um, ending it. Mm -hmm. I thought if this is what life actually turns out to be that we raise our children and we get to the point where we're going to go live and travel and do all these great things. And our kids are going to thrive on their own. And, and if, you know, when I say this, it might sound like, whoa, what kind of person would think that? But I really, at that moment, looked at everything in my life and thought, I I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I'm going to do. And I remember specifically standing in the kitchen and heating up some water for some tea and thinking, okay, you know, I I just made the decision. This is going to be it. I'm I'm not going to live. And Mm. immediately heard the message that if, if, if I died, she would die and felt this urge to go out back. I live in Florida. It was in July. I just felt this urge to go out back. I stood at the table. It sounds very dramatic, but I literally stood at the table with my hands on the table, like looking up to the sky, begging, you know, there has to be something good. There has to be something good. I just, with every ounce of my soul, I knew that there had to be something good and I needed to find it. Mm. And just looking up in the sky immediately was struck with how beautiful the Florida sky is. It's just crystal clear blue, like the ocean is just beautiful. And immediately in that moment, I thought, that's it. It's the Florida sky. I wanted to live in Florida for so long, um, since I was a kid and here I was, and oh my gosh, I am grateful that I live here and I get to witness this beautiful Mm. sunshiny blue sky. Hmm. Like what I hear is if I have this sky, that's, that's my good. I can keep going. Like, yeah. And so for everyone, it's not that Florida sky, but it's something that is enough good, enough light in your world that you want to keep going. Did it shift from want, from not want to keep going to want to, or did it shift from not want to keep going to can keep going? Does that that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. It was definitely to, I, okay, I can keep going. Yeah. It's nothing else had changed in that moment. The situation still existed. I was still exhausted. Yeah. I was still angry. I was in the grief process. You go through a grieving process. Um, I think anytime something in your life really changes that drastically and, and you're right for me, it was the Florida sky. And I think the message there is that it can be something as little as what's right in front of us. Yeah. And I had had gratitude practices in the past and, Mm -hmm. and it definitely was this thing of, okay, just write five things you're grateful for. And and I'm not saying that that can't be helpful, but I had never experienced it so deep in my soul that it, 
I could feel it change and shift who I was. Mm. And then even from that, I kept building on that. So I looked at our situation. My goal every day was to keep my daughter safe. And so my question to myself would be, did she eat? Is she safe? And as long as I could say yes to those, then I felt like, okay, I could actually get some work done. I could have some kind of normalcy in my life. But what I did was encouraged her to come out of her room because a lot of times she would just stay in her room and, and living in Florida, we have a pool. And so I thought, how can I make sure that every day I have a piece of this that made me feel so good. So every afternoon for about 30 minutes, I would put my swimsuit on, I would float in the pool so that I could lay down and look up at the sky and she would pace. So if you're familiar with schizophrenia, that's, a, you know, they have a lot going on. So she would just mm-hmm. pace around the pool, but it still answered those questions. She was safe. She was able to get outside. So it made so me you feel invited like, her out with you and yes. she accepted that invitation and came out with you 30 minutes a day. Yep. So I got to really embrace my gratitude in that and mm-hmm. then build on it. Mm-hmm. My brain is wanting to ask questions about her accepting the invitation to come out is not really in your control her accepting the invitation to eat is not really in your control her safety even is not really in your control so how how did you make peace with that, like you said, if she eats and if she is safe, I'm okay. Or I don't remember how you worded it, but like technically those things were not in your control. So like now what? Yeah, that's a really good question. You're right. They weren't in my control, but the, the having gratitude and having something that would fill me up allowed me to keep fighting for her, for, you know, to get her to eat, to get her to drink, to, um, to, you know, not leave the house like she would from time to time. So were there days that you floated in the pool without her? No, Uh no, it became our thing. Okay. It became our thing. I was just wondering if those days fed you enough gratitude that Mm. like I'm trying to just starting to put like almost a formula together here or something like I don't really know and that's kind of how this podcast rolls is like we're just kind of like talking it out and trying to understand it because someone else is struggling with something that they can transfer this story onto right? right like right so yeah, like you just had enough gratitude from those half 30 minute chunks that led you to have the courage and strength to to find ways to get her to eat and drink and stay safe. Is that and like a lot? Like? Yeah, no, absolutely. And a lot happened. Like I feel like, you know, in order to to get this into the podcast, it's very yeah. simplified, right? But yeah. a lot happened in that that actually floating in the pool was a time period that I could also look back and see what was going on, create a plan to try to help her. So I'm glossing over the fact that there were Mm. emergency room visits. Mm -hmm. There were, um, 
there were physical fights to, Mm -hmm. I mean, to hold her, to keep her back, to try to get her to, um, drink. There were situations where she hadn't drank water for 24 hours. So, um, you know, taking her to the emergency room in fact, that day, one of those days was a day that it was the realization while I was in the pool that she hadn't drank all day Mm. and Mm. having a conversation with her, which I say conversation, but essentially it was me telling her, trying to get her to understand what I was saying, um, that if she didn't drink, we would go to the emergency room. So there was a lot of care still going on, Mm. but that time became sacred and it became a non-negotiable because I needed to feel gratitude. I still, there, it wasn't like I created a list from this. It's not like I said, oh, okay, I see that the, the Florida sky is beautiful. I'm grateful for that. Now every day I'm going to build on that. I actually didn't do that. Yeah. It was actually that, that piece of gratitude that I had that I just continued to go back to. I didn't have time yeah. to yeah. make a list or do all these other things. Yes. Yeah. I think that piece you just said about I didn't have time is I think a lot of like expression of the gratitude practice is like start your morning with three things you're grateful for or like whatever and it just is so unrealistic to people's actual lives where they're just trying to keep their daughter alive just yeah. keep trying trying to keep their family safe and so I mean, the blue sky is such a beautiful, like, it's there, it's your hug, it's your, it's like something you can connect with, with no time needed. Right. Yeah. And you're right. When we think about like getting up in the morning and writing out a gratitude list, to me, that's just very task oriented. We've just created another task in our day Yeah. and we're not emotionally or soulfully connected, right? But when we fully experience gratitude, and I think in the midst of grief, that that thing, that person, that whatever it is for you brings, I can feel it in my body right now. It brings just Mm. such peace and fullness and contentment Mm -hmm. that in that moment, it doesn't matter what else is going on because that gratitude that you have I'm just going to go back to the sky for me, that gratitude I had in that moment, no one or nothing could come in between that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just wanted it every day after that. I wanted to have that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we can have that with the air that we're breathing with the ground beneath our feet, with the fact that we can most of us listening can turn on a light switch and, and have electricity, can have clean water. Um, there is something in your world that will change you on a cellular level when you tap into the gratitude around it. And it's probably not a pretty picture on your wall or a journal, gratitude journal. <laughs> right, right. It's that cellular change that you're looking for that like, oh, my whole body just shifted. I feel lighter. I feel more solid. I feel like whatever it is, um, mm. that it's like an actual, tan- almost tangible shift in your energy with something around you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and thinking about just what you're saying there too, one of the ways that I've kept this going on, because this was in 2018 Mm -hmm. is, is what is good in this moment 
because mm-hmm. it does come back mm-hmm. to right now in this moment. And it, it is, it can be anything for anyone. It can mm-hmm. be that I'm, you know, safe in my office that I'm drinking coffee that I like that, you know, it can be as big or little as anyone makes it because it's your relationship with that experience or thing mm-hmm. that fills your soul and that mm-hmm. helps you heal. My eyes just shifted down to my favorite purple pen. And just the idea that like, I love this color so much. Like it's not even the pen. The one I use Sarah too. is also a, holding up a purple pen. The same color purple. <laughs> but it's like not the pen that I'm, I mean, I love pens, but like, it's not the pen. It's the color that shifts something in me. Yeah. And that simplicity of like, color can change us nature can change us access creates all these things yeah yeah it creates a feeling within Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. and we go through life trying to most people I think trying to squash the feelings trying not to feel the feelings trying and when I hit that moment I could no longer, and that had absolutely been what I was doing was squashing all those feelings and trying to show up for my family, for my team in this way that wasn't going to hurt anyone else. So I was just willing to kind of put the shield on and take it myself. But in that moment, when everything came crashing down and when I found that gratitude, it was the reminder that, yeah, no, we have to yeah. feel all of these things. There's something like, I, as soon as you said it's a feeling, I don't know why or the way that you said it, but there's this, when you, when you find that thing to be grateful for a color, a a object, a reality, like whatever it is, a sky, a water, there's this, I don't, I love to have a feeling word for this. Some culture out there probably has feeling. <laughs> Maybe the yeah. word is gratitude and I'm just putting this together, but it's this combination of like humanity and spirit. Like there's something bigger than me at play and I'm coming back to my body as a human. Like, oh, I'm having like a I kind of want to throw up moment, which is my moments of like, holy shit, uh aha. But yeah, it's this combo of humanity and and spirit, whether to you that's God or universe or whatever. Yeah. No, that's absolutely, you just put everything into words. You just kind of like created this whole connection, right? I mean, that's exactly what it was. And looking up to the sky for me was there is something else out there that is why I'm here. There mm-hmm. is a purpose. There is a reason for me. There's a soul contract. Now at that time, I didn't know that existed, but that was the, the aha moment for me. Like what, whoa, yeah. you know, there's this whole world of a sky out there. Mm-hmm. Just this little piece right now at my microwave feeling like my world is crumbling down and that doesn't make it any less. It was crumbling down. Yeah. Yeah. But it was the reminder that I'm part of something bigger. Mm. Okay. Earlier when you were talking, I'm imagining this relationship with you and your daughter is in it's, it's like two parts, right? But it's also one unit. 
one relationship. So what I was imagining is like, for some of my listeners, you know, probably for most, if not all of my listeners, they do not have a daughter who's schizophrenic and who they're trying to keep fed and safe. But there's a piece inside them that is the daughter, right? And then there's a piece inside them that is the Sarah. And being able to like take your experience, I don't know, maybe this is like moving into internal family systems or like, I don't know what it is, but there is that version in you that doesn't want to eat, doesn't want to make safe choices. And then there is that version in you who has the knowledge and wisdom and love and compassion and nurturing to keep you safe and to keep you fed and to help you find gratitude. And so finding that in yourself, like that, that just to me was like, oh, wow, this is maybe how that story applies in some ways to my listeners. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So if I understand you correctly, it is this, this, um, that we still need to have grace. We still need to have compassion for ourselves, yeah. even when everything's broken, that even yeah. when that piece of, you know, a schizophrenic di- schizophrenia diagnosis exists, you know, for this case, when we think about this. So I feel really, I, I hope it's, I feel really led to, to share with you. One of the things that really, I feel like a question that someone, it was actually my coach at the time. I had an executive coach that she asked me while I was going through this. Yeah. And, um, it was one of the most powerful questions and statements that I had heard. And actually my immediate reaction was anger. Mm. Um, so it took me some time, like it does, I think with any coaching, right. For it to settle, yeah, but yeah. she said, um, you know, some people believe that we choose our life, that we chose this life mm-hmm. and what changes for you when you think that maybe this is the life you chose, because there's a lesson here, that there's mm-hmm. something here for you that right now you can't understand, but it, it, you know, it, it you picked this. Yeah. How would you show up differently? What would you do differently? And actually it's funny just saying that I can feel my throat chakra start to close up. Um, <laughs> And like I said, my immediate reaction was I would have never picked this. That was exactly what I said to her. No way. How dare you? You know, I would have never picked this. And then over time it was like, wait, I am the perfect person to go through this. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely what I'm supposed to go through. And I'm supposed to learn to love myself through this. And I'm supposed to learn how to care for my daughter and care for my family and, um, you know, ultimately leave my golden handcuffed career, right. To go out and go from making a lot of money to no money, um, initially. So it was really powerful to put that ownership a little bit back on me Yeah, because it not only allowed me to have compassion and grace for myself, it, it actually, I felt like I had a lot of power. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would word the question to my listeners, something like, how might it be possible that Mm. I picked this? Yeah. 
my initial reaction is resistance. I absolutely did not pick this, this abortion, this fourth abortion, this sexual assault that led to abortion, this medical diagnosis that led to abortion, whatever it is. Right. And before you're willing to maybe agree that this was a soul contract, like how might it be possible? Yeah. Because I think it takes you from this is happening to me to Mm -hmm. I'm a piece of this, but also still Mm. a part of something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Another way that just came into my mind is like, if I picked this, (laughs) why might that be? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying I did, but if I picked this, why might that be? And actually that probably is what led me where I am today because I was devastated by my unplanned pregnancy. It was not something I expected. I mean, who does, but I was devastated by the knowing that abortion was the right choice, Mm -hmm. but the hard one. Mm -hmm. And I think I didn't necessarily word it that way, but I did ask myself like, all right, if this is here, why might it be here? And I didn't really, I certainly didn't know it would lead to coaching at that time. I thought it would just lead to writing a memoir or something. Um, But I think that's what got me through in like the really early hard time was like, I'm not gonna totally agree that that this is my contract that I signed up for this. Right. But I'll just play with the idea that that could be possible. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's different to me than, um, well, this sucked. How do I make it meaningful? Mm -hmm. There's a different energy around like, okay, this awful thing happened. This to my, to my child, to myself in the world, how do I make it pretty? It's not that. It's like you said, like, okay, this is not me. I'm a part of this. Yeah. I think everything that we're talking about in this episode is all about being a part of something bigger Mm -hmm. and learning to, I don't know if accept is the right word. Maybe it's more of embrace, excuse me, to, to understand that we have a part in this, Mm -hmm. but that there's reasons that we might not ever know. We might not ever know. Yeah. And how do we make peace with that? We might not ever know. So for me, it was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. Yeah. It was, um, you know, it, it took me down a path of really digging in deeper to understand who I am and what my purpose is here, which is now the kind of coaching I do. Right. Mm-hmm. So that it led, it led through that. It, um, it opened my eyes to many different spiritual avenues that I would have never had before. Um, you know, when I think of my daughter because, um, she is healthy. She's recovered now. Um, 
I think of her and I think, you know, what it's changed for her is uh, she's on the spectrum. And although mm-hmm. she's high functioning, this has allowed her to become uh, more of an advocate for herself, speaking up mm-hmm. for herself, letting us know if something doesn't feel right, letting other people around her know she, sp- she speaks openly about her journey. Uh, she's, she creates art. She wrote the foreword in my book that I wrote. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's been a lot of positives, mm-hmm. but in that moment, when you're at that deep part of grief, that stuff doesn't matter. I know. It's finding that little something that I believe connects you back to yeah. the earth, to God, to the universe, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the sky and this picture of gratitude that's just not not the way capitalist <laughs> no no and no one can go tries gratitude it's yeah, yeah right and nobody can go tell you to do that if somebody was said oh you have so much right now you're just focusing on the bad things go look at the sky right it would have punched them I would have been I like know. I know the sky's not doing it I needed that moment to hit so low yeah. that I was grasping and I listened to my intuition that said go out back mm-hmm. and my exasperation of looking at yeah. You have to follow your intuition to find it. Like the, the finding of gratitude is not external. No. It no. may be the intuition of, I really feel like I need help with this in therapy or with a coach mm-hmm. or in a support group. Maybe intuition that leads you to the external thing that helps you, but you yeah. got to follow your own journey there because it's not the sky for everyone. Right. And the only way to know what it is for you is to follow your path, your Mm -hmm. inner voice. Absolutely. And I want to, and I want to be clear again, like it's hard, right. In in the 30 minutes or whatever that we have (laughs) to be really clear, but it wasn't just that gratitude, right. That pulled me out of this really dark place, but it was the catalyst that pushed me that, you know, I I sought therapy, was put on medication. I still had a coach. Like I did all of those things, but it was what it was that first step. It gave me hope during a time period that I was completely hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. It was the gratitude that gave you the will to live like, yeah, literally. Yeah. Mm. Um, one thing that popped into my mind when we were talking about, or when I asked the question, like, I might never know the meaning something. Well, that mm-hmm. was where we were. And, um, that frustrating reality popped into my mind that like, it's not the destination, it's the journey. (laughs) It's like so infuriating when someone tells it to you, but I think, right? Like I might never know why this abortion happened to me or why this third abortion happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But being curious, being on the journey is the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Curiosity is the answer, Mm -hmm. right? It's being curious, not, not shame, not guilt, not all those other things that we try to put on ourselves because systematically it's what we're taught. Mm -hmm. It's about having grace and compassion with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that circled right back for me to um, what popped into my head was what can I learn here what can I see here and that brought me right back to the beginning of our conversation um 
where I asked you, like, was it, can I keep going? I can keep going versus whatever the other version of that. I want to keep going. I want. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So yeah, that circles right back in my mind. Um, yeah. I, I didn't want this life that didn't change from that moment. Yeah. Still didn't want it. Yeah. But still pissed. Yeah. Right. Still yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 So that's like, what it's not, it's not, what do I have? What do I have to learn here? It's what can I learn here? Or what do I have to see here? Or what am I supposed to see here? It's like, and in the midst of everything being so dark and horrible, there was still something that was beautiful and for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay. Do you have any, um, either, either anything that you feel like needs to be said or was left unsaid or a favorite tool or trick or resource that you want to offer to listeners as we close here. Yeah. Or both. Um, (laughs) I think I would just, yeah, I just would like to say that anything is possible, right? So even when it feels like there isn't anything good or anything, um, that you could possibly pull you out of where you're at that, that what, like we talked about with our intuition, anything is possible and it's already inside of you. It's the ability to pause and listen and, and hear it and not judge it. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I do have listeners who have thought I can't do this human thing anymore. Um, and that I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this. So I know that your story and this whole this whole episode is so valuable and so important. And I, and I hope that somebody listening takes that, like anything is possible. Like it does continuing this life right now feels humanly impossible, but the reality exists that, that something else is possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for oh, having really me. Lovely. I'm excited to put it out into the world. Yeah. Add it to the resources. Where can people find you? I hang to. out mostly on Instagram. So mm-hmm. it's just my name, Sarah Magnoni. Awesome. Actually, Sarah underscore Magnoni. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. We will link to, but um, I love Instagram too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thank you. And have a beautiful afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.